Welcome to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. I'm Rick Cushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. And today we're going to be a little less silly than usual, which is no guarantee we'll be any more coherent. Yeah, well, the odds on that are pretty long anyway. Always they are. Today, actually, we want to answer some questions about the recent and heartbreaking wildfires in Northern California wine country. Yep. Paul lives in Napa, and I work there. We've both been around some of the tragedy, and we've both been asked a lot of questions. Yeah, and it was it was obviously a national story, so it's something we feel like we need to address on the show as well. Yeah, and, and by the way, we're now in Season 4, and we are still on Capital Public Radio podcast lineup. Unbelievable. It is amazing. They, I, The patience of those folks of that Sacramento's NPR station, we do appreciate that. Um, and by the way, a reminder that Paul will be leading a cruise out of San Francisco. You get to do all the fun stuff. I do. Yeah. Out of, on, it leaves out of San Francisco on July 31st with Expedia Cruises. Yep. It'll be going down the coast of California. Coast of California down to Cabo San Lucas and back and uh, tasting wines from California and other parts, but uh, have a wonderful collection of wines and uh, should be a lot of fun. It should be. And the beauty of it is it'll be a big boat. So if you don't have to hang out with Paul, if you don't want to. That's right. You can get more information at winecruisegroup.com, winecruisegroup.com. And we also have that posted on our website. On our website. All right. So back to the fires. And I want to start with the questions that Paul and I have been getting the most of. Uh, I probably in the last week I've got yeah. asked this ten times, and it's a really simple one: is should we go wine tasting? And the answer is absolutely yes. Absolutely yeah. yeah. If you, in fact, if you want to help, the best thing you can do is go wine tasting, because as you and I have chatted before, Rick, there are so many wineries in Napa Sonoma who were not Mendocino Lake, not affected by the fires. They're open for business, and. It, it's important to support them. They need the they need the work. They need the help. They need the customers, and they will treat you like royalty. And they will absolutely show you a great time and have some stories to tell. And you, right, you won't be dancing on their misery. The truth of it is, they want you there. They could use the laugh too. Yeah. And uh, you know, they lost most of much of wine country. Lost a couple of absolutely crucial weeks for tourists. It's like a it's like a major. Uh, oh yeah, this store is store losing half of the Christmas season. Yeah, this is this is the biggest time of year. And I, I, one of my students told me the other day that when someone walks into her t- tasting room, the first thing she says is, "You hit it lucky. You're here. It's harvest time, and you have the tasting room to yourself." Yes, and uh, so go. Don't worry; they will be thrilled that you were there. They yep. may they may even hug you. Yep. Which, uh, yep. Uh, and if you're listening to us, you undoubtedly know the details, or at least some of the details of the fire. But here's a quick summary. And it's, some of it is absolutely heartbreaking. The wildfires in Napa, Sonoma, Mendocino County started there. It spread later to Lake Inuba on Sunday, October 8th. And it was after 10 o'clock at night before anyone in the past actually even knew about them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what happened was these bone-dry, blistering north winds, they're called Diablo winds, ripped through northern California, hitting 70 miles an hour and more across the ridges yeah. and diving into the valleys. And they drove the fires across the mountains, all around wine country, and into the cities of Napa and Glen Allen and especially Santa Rosa. Yeah, Santa Rosa particularly. They burned out a neighborhood of more than 1,000 homes in just a few minutes. And at some points, the fires were moving at speeds of a football field every two or three seconds. And when they spread to Lake and Solano counties, it became really the largest set of wildfires in the history of California. Yeah, most most damaging. Yeah, it was. Uh, we were there. Uh, woke up in the middle of the night because everything smelled like smoke. Now I live in the center of downtown Napa, 
So, in fact, my neighborhood was never evacuated, but we were certainly affected by the fires. Yeah. And some of the very sad numbers, there were more than 42 people known dead. More than 100,000 people were evacuated at one point. Yeah. The fires destroyed more than 8,400 homes and buildings. And, and I've not yet seen an accurate count of how many of those are homes, right. but a very large percentage of people yep. lost their homes. Yep. Uh, nearly a quarter million acres were burned. That's almost 400 square miles. For perspective, that's more than eight times the size of San Francisco or three quarters the size of Rhode Island. Rhode Island's a pretty small state, right? Well, that, that's true. It is. But yeah. well, okay. it's still a lot of place. Yeah. It's all, then, it, was, it was a lot of acres. So before we get into, into answering some of the questions, uh, I want to read a piece of good writing from a wine writer since we spent a lot of time making fun of wine writers. We, we generally focus on bad writing. So here's yes. some good writing. Okay, and this, good. Was, this is from a friend of mine. This is Karen McNeil. And she's right. a writer of the Wine Bible. She lives and works in St. Helena, right in the middle of the valley. And this is an example, not just of good writing, but this is a sense. And some of the information turned out to be inaccurate. Not right. her fault. Um, but a sense of just what it felt like to be. This is the morning of Wednesday morning. So the fire had really been burning for two days at this but, point. You know, before we get into this, Rick, we should say briefly that Karen McNeil has one black mark on her character. That, that she's will a friend affect of mine. her yeah. the rest of her life, is which un- is she introduced the two of us to each other. That's true. She did, didn't she? Yes, she did. See, so even even talented, intelligent people make mistakes. Make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I fr- you're, you are right. So this is Karen. The news throughout our beloved wine valleys is heartbreaking. Communications are difficult because several cell towers are down, but we know that Signorella Winery burned to the ground this morning. Uh, excuse me. This morning, I saw the Chapelet family who report that they are now digging trenches around the winery to save it. There are several reports that wineries throughout Stag's Leap District are heavily damaged. Homes and wineries on Atlas Peak have burned to the ground. The fires there are now more than 42,000 acres and growing. Many homes in Calistoga, just seven miles north, have been destroyed. Mount Vitor is in flames. And in Santa Rosa, the destruction is horrific. As many of you know, our offices are in St. Helena, which is now surrounded on three sides by the fires raging in Napa and Sonoma, the fires that are still not contained. We've decided to evacuate both the because the air is so thick with gray smoke that it's almost impossible to breathe, and because we fear that Highway 29 South, the only route out, may soon be closed. The sunlight filtered through the smoke has taken on an unnerving neon orange color. You get a sense of what it felt like. Yeah, and yeah a that's few what things, it felt like. And we do need to say, and, and this is no fault of Karen's, but because communications, as she pointed out, were down, right. it turns out that there weren't several fires that uh, the Atlas Peak, it was only the Signorella that right. had burned, and nothing in Calistoga, no homes in Calistoga. Right. Burned, well, actually, Cal- somehow, some, some... Around the mountains a, above. A lot of... a lot of, The Atlas Peak was damaged very, very heavily. But in yes. fact, her comment that a number of wineries in the Stag's Leap District were damaged, actually, they weren't damaged. Very much. Right, right. Um, I meant Stag's Leap. But sorry. The, yeah, the, the other side of this that I, I think she she states and, and became a huge issue, cell phone towers were down. Right. Landlines were completely overwhelmed with the traffic. There was no way to get text messages, no way to get phone messages, and frankly, very little way to get information. And for these people who were in evacuated areas or areas that needed to be evacuated, a lot of times the power was out. So they had no way of knowing what the hell was going on. First responders drove into those areas literally house by house and went running door to door, pounding on doors, getting people up. It was it was a pretty amazing scenario. You know, and it, it 
it, it's a reminder that we sort of think of ourselves as being, well, not necessarily bulletproof, but, you know, we live in cities and, and yeah. you know, and then you look at what yeah. happened in Santa Rosa yeah. where, you know, somebody I work with had pounded on her door at midnight yep. on Sunday night and she had time yep. to grab her phone, her purse and her son. And that right. was it. Yep. And yep. and they lost her. Boy, what would Deborah grab if you guys were evacuated? The cat and the phone, and, and that'd be it. And, and you'd purse. be on your own. I'd be out the back. You'd yeah. be on your own, yeah. yep. digging around. I go, wait, wait. <laughs> um, so where yep. are we now? Let's talk. This is the questions that Paul and I have been getting, and we thought we this is what we would talk about. And let's start first with, um, and actually a cheerful part of this, which is the vineyards. Yeah, you know, one of the things that people don't recognize about vineyards, partly because Hollywood has done a really poor job of explaining this, vineyards don't burn very well, Rick. And no, in fact, you know, when when you look at that Atlas fire, one of the reasons it was brought under control was it burned up against. Uh, the Silverado Country Club golf course, green lawns didn't burn, and a vineyard just to the north of that that didn't burn, and that helped them bring that fire under control. Vineyards don't burn, and they served as fire breaks for not only for so many homes, but also it's what prevented so many wineries from, from being damaged more heavily. Right, and there's there are lots of pictures of uh, where the scrub burned up to the vineyard, but vineyards are right. they're not just large. Uh, green places are large, moist green places, yeah. and they're irrigated, or the grapes are moist, and and at this yeah. even even at this time of the year, yep. you know, um, I know some of the both Atlas Peak and then the Mayacamas, the mountains that are to the west of Napa and to yep. the east of Sonoma, where all of those fires were. Um, have some of the best vineyards in California, yeah. and um, yeah. and from everything I've heard, all of them are, are fine. In 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 most cases, in many cases, they have might might have some fire retardant around the edges because they right. drop or maybe fire. a little scorch mark along the first row of right. vines. But beyond that, again, the the land underneath the vines is usually tilled under, so there's no burnable combustible material there. The vines themselves are green, and they're not close enough to each other to right. catch each other on fire. So vineyards are great. My advice, if you live in a fire-prone area, plant 100 acres of vineyards you around go. your house. But don't dry farm because <laughs> there were a few dry farm vineyards that did go up because yeah. they they are just naturally drier. Yeah. Um, um, so the next question is what happened to the wineries? And, right. and this is where – and this is once again not Karen's fault at all, but these are the reports we were getting. And I need to actually uh, go back to my former days as a television critic here and talk about uh-huh. the, the news coverage. Um, once again, it's not necessarily their fault, but this is one of the huge problems with any kind of disaster news coverage, which is that they have to make it look dramatic, and especially after right. day two and day three. Right. You know, there's and but rather than sending and in, it, because it is difficult spending the time to get the numbers and draw maps themselves, they station a reporter in front of a flame, and they say this is burning, and they don't uncorrect. All of the the bad information. Sometimes they don't even know to uncorrect. Right. And, I, and and one of the points here, Rick, is that as the as as the flames came through, you couldn't get in to see what had burned and what had right. not burned, and so people just assumed that if the fire went through there, everything in the fire's path was burned. And it turned out that's not true. A lot of things that were the the fire leapfrogged. Um, it jumped over vineyards to burn things on the far side. But a lot of what we heard about, oh, many, many wineries are damaged, turned out to be out of, what, 1,200 wineries? 
Um, in Napa, Sonoma, and Mendocino, Mendocino yeah. County. And I think there were fewer than 15 that sustained major or uh, total damage. Yeah, and so, may, it may have been closer to 10, but right, the yeah. numbers are still not quite sure. And most of those are, are, are little folks, which doesn't yeah. mean that the tragedy for them is any less. Yeah. But, but they were really I, small. I did winners. read an interesting comment from one of the guys who tries to put out a daily newsletter on the wine industry. Mm. And he said, I want to know if your winery was damaged, but I only want to know if you have been to the winery and seen it with your own right. eyes. Right. I don't want to hear about what you think happened. Right. Yeah. Yes. And this was because there were many reports of uh, places that are still fine. They're uh, not yeah. only fine, they're open for business and, and, and waiting for people to come in. Gets back to our, our initial point. Go visit them. Yeah. Because they're still all yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So another question that I've been getting asked a lot is, so what's this mean for the 2017 vintage? Right. Probably a smaller vintage. Now, remember that in the estimates of some growers, as much as 90% of the crop was already picked. I think it was probably a little less than that in Napa and Sonoma. But still, a majority of the grapes were already picked before any of this happened. So so that part of the vintage, we can move into tanks. It's fermenting. And the stuff that was in tanks is fine. Right. was now, fine. It was either sealed. Most of people found uh, uh, generators to – and there was, there was actually one of the heartwarming things was you'd see – all these poster boards sort of online about people saying, I have a generator if you need to borrow Who it. needs to this borrow something. This is going something. on in Napa right. and Sonoma and yep. Mendocino. Real tradition in the farming community yep. of helping each other out, and they did. Yes. And, you know, for what it's worth is the grapes that were fermenting, one of the things they're doing is they're giving off CO2. It's like the bubbles coming out of the, your Coke or your right. bottle of sparkling wine. Right. And it's, so it was pushing whatever was out in the air. There wasn't smoke getting into the tanks, or most right. of them were sealed anyway. But that doesn't mean that there may not be some issues. And um, actually, the other sort of good news if, is that the grapes that were still out there by nature were the thick-skinned grapes that take longer to, to ripen, yeah. Cabernet, yeah, Cabernet in particular. Yeah. And so they are also more resistant to smoke taint, which doesn't mm. necessarily mean that there won't be some. <clears throat> excuse me. But one of the things that this was also one of those sort of hysterical uh, and probably overreported stories was that's what – because that's what everybody turned to in the second right. week. Right. Because now you have to do the next oh day. Oh, my so, God, the sorry. wine's all ruined. Yeah. And in so, fact, first of all, what are we going to say? 60, 70, 75, 80% of the wine didn't have anything to do with this. And the remainder, it will, it still remains to be seen. And, and you know, to be fair, this is what winemakers do every year, not just in a year when there's a fire. Every year they go in and they taste every tank and they taste every barrel and they decide this one's good enough to go into the blend and this one's not good enough. My guess is 2017 because of this will be a smaller vintage than expected. Some people didn't get to pick their grapes when they wanted to. Some people may discover that the fire right on the edge of the vineyard had a little impact. But in the end, I think almost all of these wineries are going to be producing wines and and they're going to be releasing wines that are, in most cases, was a pretty good year. Yeah, until it, this it actually fire. was. It was, you know, it was a wacky year. Yeah. Remember, this was a year that started with record rainfall. Right. Um, there was in Napa Valley uh, it, a week in June where there was hail and 100 degrees within five days. <laughs> so you don't see yeah. that. You don't see that in, yeah. in America too often. Um, that, it, but uh, it, that, that you know, yeah. it sounds like the Seven Kingdoms in Game of Thrones. Uh, right. But. It had all leveled off to be, you know, where good hang time, decent development. Yes. So there's lot, lots yep. of good fruit that was in tanks and yep. lots of good fruit that was still being picked. Yep. And a smaller, uh, a smaller crop does not mean a non-existent crop. Right. We've had some big ones in right. recent years. And, and 17 was starting to be – was expected to be a fairly big year. So if right. it's if – if we lose 20 percent of that, it's still going to be a legitimately yeah. – 
decent sized vintage. And so then the question is, so what does that mean for price? For the vast majority of us, nothing at all. Um, for the maybe some of the high end wineries that with the really high end Cabernet, because that's what was out there, that in the you know couple hundred dollar range, that might go up a couple of bucks. Yeah, in that, part to pay boy, for some of the That's not going to bother you, is it? Right. Well, no, because I can't afford to begin you with. Don't, so, you don't yeah, buy those ones. I don't. Yeah. I wave at them. Yeah, that's but right. and you know, uh, and they don't wave back. And as uh, uh, one of my friends said, you know, she'd be very happy to pay an extra twenty dollars for a bottle of wine to help them recover. Right. That's a very good point. And, that's and, a very good point. And that gets back to our, you know, what better way. <laughs> Right. Well, and in yeah. fact, you know, one of the things that is difficult right now is that people are – there is a shortage of places for people to live in the Napa Valley. I know that – I know some people are uh, – some people who have lost their homes are living in their offices, mm. uh, living – I heard a wonderful story about one of the hotels in Napa that basically because tourists all canceled their reservations and the hotel was in a very safe part of Napa, opened up the whole to- whole hotel, offered rooms at $100 a night, provided free food for everyone who was staying at the hotels, and put on movies for the kids to watch just so that they could keep everybody entertained. And it was uh, it's the kind of thing that you do in a small town when, when trouble strikes. Yeah, and it is. This is um, – I have more than once been almost you – know, and I, as you know, I'm, I'm a, a, an emotional guy to begin with. But yes, uh, you seriously, I you know, almost moved to tears just hearing some of the generosity and some of the people opening doors for each other. And, yep. and you know, and you see these signs um, up and down Highway 29 that said uh, – and in on Highway 12 in Sonoma. I said, thank you, first responders. Thank you, firefighters. Right. Hand-drawn signs. Yep. And, you know, you know these yep. people care. Those folks kept yep. – I mean, the amount of work and what they did. I was – you know, I in, I live in Sacramento and not so far from where the fire planes were taken off. Yes, and, that's right. And you see – it really was – those people are heroes. The pilots, yep. what, yep. where they fly – 747s yeah. in and out of canyons yeah. with the winds from the fires there. Yeah. It yeah. is it is really yeah. an amazing. So that is yep. a huge thank you yep. to, to all of those folks. So right. if people are listening to this and want to help, well, make a are, couple of suggestions. Well, there right? are a couple of places you can do, a couple of things you can do. The, 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 the largest overall is the Red Cross California Wildfires Relief Fund. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just go to Red Cross. You'll see it. It's easy yep. to find. Um, the the two main counties that had the most uh, damage to them, although all the counties involved have their own. So if you if you feel like you want to help out in Lake or Mendocino, you just Google right. them. Or Yuba. But, but it's Sonoma County Resilience Fund. Yes. And Napa Valley Community Foundation. Yeah, which and and I don't know about the Sonoma uh, Resilience Fund, but the Napa Valley Community Foundation is an organization that has existed for many many years, and they simply tackle every problem that needs to be faced. They're yeah. really quite wonderful people. Yeah. And there are there's actually a GoFundMe page that's a wildfires, and if you yep. go to uh, some of the sites like the Red Cross site, even there'll be links to that. Yep. And the GoFundMe pages, those folks are then contributing to these organizations and others too. Yep. So you know, and there's Yep. GoFundMe pages for people in need. Yeah. Um, and there's yeah, yeah, yeah. there's all sorts of there's all sorts of ways. And maybe best of all, go visit. Go Super visit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's it. Yeah. And or you know, go to your favorite winery's website, buy a bottle of wine. And again, you know, I I classes have resumed at the college, so I'm back to seeing my students. And boy, I can't tell you the number of them who have just said, first of all, 
thank God we're back in class. It feels so nice to have some sort of semblance of the normal routine. Even again. with you teaching them? Even with me teaching. This goes to show it you what disaster how desperate can do. they are. Absolutely. But the other part was how happy they are to see anybody walk in the tasting room door. And they said, you know, they, they really do roll out the red carpet at this point because right. that's, that's the lifeblood of both of those valleys, all four of those counties, and we need to make sure that it keeps flowing. And if you're one of our listeners on the East Coast or in Southern California or somewhere far away, you can buy a bottle of wine. Or you know what? Just go visit a winery near you and do it in solidarity. Go, well, and Support the wine go industry. Go out to a restaurant, order a nice bottle of Napa, Sonoma Lake, or Mendocino wine, and yeah. Yes, and, and – A little and thank fantastic. you. All right. Well, that is it for another round, a somewhat uh, less silly round than usual of uh, Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. We'll be back to our usual dopey selves next week, we Actually, promise. Actually, Rick, you were pretty dopey today. Yeah, it's, it's me. What can I say? <laughs> um, our producer is Matt Bassini, who is never dopey. Thank you, Matt. Thanks to Capital Public Radio for the studio use and for including us on their podcast lineup. If you'd like to ask us a question, we will resume taking questions individually. Go to rickandpaulwine.com, all one word, Rick and Paul Wine. And if you learned anything today, we think this one's pretty simple. Go visit Wine Country. Go visit. I'm Rick Cushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. And remember, the best wines you drink are with friends. Or with us. Especially us. Especially us.